I want to welcome everyone here to this very unique and special night and special opportunity. I, I can't say that I ever expected to be doing something like this, but um, when I heard about the opportunity and I heard about what this is about, um, to, an opportunity to kind of give the Torah Shabal Peh and a little bit of a background of what this is all about, more, so much more than just a song, um, I was very excited to jump at this opportunity. I'd like to first off start by thanking Rav Yirmi and Dov Perkal for coming out here and for wanting to really bring this out and to be a part of this and all the amazing things that Rav Yirmi does in terms of this Chabura, such a unique, unique idea. I'd like to take a second to recognize and to thank Sean Steinmetz, the director of Camp La Vie, who I work with hand in hand to try to really bring out Yiddishkeit and to be mechazik and to strengthen everyone here and everyone strengthens us. And uh, before I thank my partners in crime over here who are involved in the song, I want to take a little bit and talk about primarily how this song came to be and uh, then talk about a little bit about my hashkafa and my idea, my thoughts, my kavana behind this song and why we went ahead and did this. So about two years ago, Vinyamin, better known as Wormtati, so uh, he was in his Shana Aleph. And I am, uh, I work in Mivaseret, amazing yeshiva. And he was in Shana Aleph in Mivaseret. And uh, I run the Shana Bet program. And uh, he, I guess, heard that I know how to rap. And I heard that he knows how to rap. And we kind of joked with each other that maybe at some point we'll collaborate and do something together. It was, I don't know how serious it was or... Uh, sort of a passing joke, I'm not sure. We weren't, I don't think we were sure. And um, anyways, time passed. And uh, as Purim of that year came, so I always do something on Purim. And on Purim, I do something for the yeshiva. Usually I joke around on Purim. I rip on the guys a little bit uh, using a freestyle rap. And I've done that already for 10 years in yeshiva. It's very fun. And uh, we spoke about maybe doing something for Purim that year. Um, it didn't pan out. Uh, that's when I ended up producing with Svi Simchon, who's also here, and uh, Yehuda Pinsker, who's unfortunately not able to make it tonight, who was involved in the first video. Uh, the, uh, my name is uh, Rebbe Glanz 2.0, which is its own Torah, which I'm not going to get into tonight. And, uh, and we ended up producing that, and uh, eventually, Binyamin and I and Ishana Bet sat down and we decided, you know, if we're going to do anything, we should really talk about it. We should really talk about what we're going to do. And, and I sat down, I remember it like it was yesterday. Binyamin and I sat down together in my office and I said to him, listen, I'll be honest with you. The first video, I kind of did a shtick. It was like a Purim shtick. It was nice. But if I really am going to do something else, I don't want it to be Stamasung. I want it to be something that's going to be meaningful, something that there's, 
it's not just going to be a song. It's going to be something that actually introduces a concept that's deep and that's meaningful. Is there any way we can do that? And we brainstormed together and we both came up simultaneously with an unbelievable idea. Let's take advantage of this relationship, of the fact that you're a Talmud and I'm a Rebbe and we're connected and let's try to share with the world the beauty of the Talmud-Rebbe relationship, which is something that anyone who's ever had it, um, the special relationship between Talmud and Rebbe, it's something that deserves to be focused on. It's something that deserves to be spoken about. It's something that deserves to be highlighted. And um, we decided essentially to do that. And obviously, if we're going to do that, we need the greatest professionals involved. And given the fact of my knowledge of the expertise of Yehuda Pinsker as a musician, as someone who makes music, but we were actually surprised to hear someone who has an incredible voice uh, who ended up uh, making the music for this, for this video. And then when we had the opportunity, we didn't think we would have the opportunity, and I'll let Tzvi talk about this more, to bring Tzvi Simchon in, who was getting married very, very soon uh, at that time. We didn't think it would be possible to hook him into all of this, but when that happened, it was really a match made in heaven. And uh, Kaddish Baruch who's uh, pulling the strings uh, and making the symphony and the orchestra and put it all together and, and really made this all happen. So when Binyamin and I sat down, we went through what we were going to do, and basically the way we did it was we wanted it to be incredibly authentic. And after Yehuda made the chorus and the music, the way we wanted to structure it was basically we were going to, it was going to be a very raw, very raw lyrics and very raw, raw song. And what I mean by that is, is that it wasn't going to be orchestrated. Binyamin started off making his lyrics as a, from a Talmud's perspective as to why he would need uh, in his search for a Rebbe. And only after I heard his lyrics did I make my lyrics as a response to Binyamin. And that's kind of how we went back and forth through the entire, so to speak, uh, a clean version of a rap battle. That's kind of what it was. We fed off of each other's energy to kind of capture the Rebbe Talmud relationship. That's in terms of the background of the song. I'd like to take a minute though to address the hashkafa of the song, um, which is a very, which is to me the most important part of the song. And I'm going to introduce it in a very unusual way. I'm actually going to introduce it on, uh, from a comment that I noticed on our video, our YouTube video. It was actually a negative comment, uh, one of the only ones, a negative comment on the video. And uh, I think I want to speak about that negative comment and to kind of tell you my take on it. And, and the negative comment went something like this. You know, we spoke about, I need a Rebbe. I need a Rebbe. The idea that the Talmud needs the Rebbe. So the question that this person asked in a critique said, I did not hear God in this video at all. What do you mean I need a Rebbe? I need Hashem. I need God. And all the music that we hear is all about Hashem. And it should be about Hashem. And there's no mention of Hashem in all of this. I mean, even though that's not true. You know, we talk about obviously drawing close to Hashem. But the whole thing is the focus about the Rebbe. Who are we serving? Are we serving the Rebbe? Do we need the Rebbe or do we need Hashem? And that was sort of the criticism that we got of the video. And, and I'd like to take a second to kind of address that idea because I think that's so important in terms of the hashkafa that we were trying to give over. 
Of course, there's no question that everyone is trying to connect to Hashem. But we know that one of the things that really differentiates us, that everything that Orthodox Judaism represents, is the idea of a Mesorah. That Moshe Kibel Torah Mi Sinai, and Moshe gave it over, Master the Yeshua, the Yeshua's Lizakanim. At the end of the idea, at the end of the day, our idea of Hashem, our concept of connecting to Hashem, is rooted in the Mesorah, is rooted in the tradition. And rooted in the tradition means that there are two aspects to that tradition. The first aspect of that tradition is the halacha is the, what I'll call the information of the Torah. And obviously, how do we glean the information of the Torah? If one were to read the Torah, just the Torah Shebichsav, one would really have no concept of what any of it means. We need the Torah Shebaal We need the transmission of the Torah Shebaal We need the Rabbeim, the Chachamim. It says in Parshas Kisisa, Al pi hadvarim ha'ele karati tchabris ves Yisrael. Through these words did I establish a covenant, a covenant between me, Hashem, and Klal Yisrael. What is Al Piyadvar Ma'ela? The Gemara says, Torah Peh, the transmission of Rebbe to Talmud. If someone tries to connect to Hashem by following what Hashem wants from him without connecting through the Mesorah of Rebbe and Talmud, he's not connecting to Hashem. Connection to Hashem in Halacha means connecting to the Mesorah, going to the Rav, trying to get clarity of what the halacha means, to explain my particular circumstance for the Rebbe to hear and for the Rebbe to tell me what the Devar Hashem is. That is part of our Masorah. Connecting to Hashem. What does it mean to connect to Hashem? To connect through the Masorah, to connect to our Rabbanim. And this is a critical part. What, in fact, I would say it's one of the main differences between the Tzedukim and the Perushim, the Karaites. They rejected that whole idea. They said, let's just plug straight to God. We don't need Rabbeim. And that's the antithesis of everything that we believe in Orthodox Judaism and Yiddishkeit. But what I wanted to bring out is the second part of the connection between Rebbe and Talmud. The first part is Halacha is to know what to do. But the second part is derech hachayim and hashkaf. How to live, how to navigate life. What's my link into Torah? Outside of just simply knowing what the Torah says in terms of halacha and mitzvos, but to know everything else in terms of what makes me unique, what makes me special, how do I plug in in all of the areas of life? And for that, the Mesorah tells us that we need the guidance of our Rabbeim as well. And in order to have the guidance of the Rabbeim, obviously, how could the Rabbeim paskin a shayla in halacha without knowing all of the details and all of the circumstances? So I also ask the same question. How can a Rebbe paskin for a Talmud in terms of how to live his life if he doesn't take the time to know the Talmud? If he doesn't take the time to understand What's unique about his Talmud, the struggles he goes through, the troubles he's went through, and try to give him a perspective and be machazik him and strengthen him and show him and guide him. Guide him and help him find his way how to navigate and connect to the Rabbana Shalom. And it's that point that I think that we try to do in Mivaseret, that most Rebbeim are trying to do in their connection with their Talmudim, 
what we try to do here in Lavi, what every Revi in Talmud is essentially looking for beyond the Halacha, is to understand also the Hashkafa, the Derech HaChayim, how I can connect. And I want to just make one comment. I'll end with this. One comment on one of the lyrics in this song that's actually not here. It's actually not here. And it's in Binyamin's part. It's not even in my part. It's in Binyamin's part. And trying to remember what it was. Um, I think it was in the second part um, where Binyamin says, Oh, this is the bow. I'm sorry. I was looking for it. It's in the back. Okay, I can't find it right now. Maybe Binyamin, you'll remind me. But there was a line about that, that Rebbe, I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me what I should do. Remember, there was a line in which you formulated it that way. And I corrected you and I said that no, don't, it's not the Rebbe telling you what you should do. What's the line? Show me which way to go. Sh- right, it was a, a, the, sh- which one is it? Where is it? Show me which way to go versus tell me from You need a Rebbe to help me, to help me find which, to help, to help me find which way to go. Not to tell me which way to go, which was the original formulation of it. And I rejected that. No, the Rebbe's job is not to tell you which way to go. The Rebbe's job is to help you find which way to go. And that's, I think, the Rebbe-Talmud relationship, and that's the balance. The Rebbe is not supposed to just simply say, you be a robot, you do this, you follow. No, the Rebbe is supposed to help you find you and help you link in. And that's so much of, what, of, of the idea of what, we, what I was hoping to give over in this song and really to be mechazik and to strengthen the idea of the Rebbe-Talmud relationship to have both the Rebbe and the Talmud connect to the Rebbe. Rebbe, how do we get here? I don't even know how we got here. This is unreal. Hashem really... Hashem does wonders. I still remember, Glance covered it, but I'm going to go through it from my side of things, uh, although it is the same story. Um, I remember approaching Glance in my Shana Aleph and Vasarat, saying, Rebbe, we have to make a song. And Glance would go, you know, we do have to make a song. <laughs> you know, I remember in my Shana Aleph, we would, I would mess around and I would put out songs that were good from songs, but I would mess around and... You know, and I knew that Rav Glanz made annual shtick rap songs for Purim. So we, you know, both Rav Glanz and I were fairly comfortable with putting out raps in the yeshiva setting. And we both agreed, you know, we should put out a song. This is a crazy opportunity we have. We should do it. But it was all talk for a long time. And it, it didn't take, yeah, Rebbe said it right. It, it took until my son bet for us to finally sit down. And talk about how we want to do this because it really was something serious. We got to do this. And we sat down and we said, you know, on the one hand, we could go the shtick route and we could make a rap where we're, you know, we're spinning and it's fire bars and it's, we're going back and forth. And, you know, if we put this out, there's a good chance a lot, a lot of people are going to see this because a Rebbe Talmud rap, it's a, it's a novelty. This is something that has never been seen before, something that would be totally legendary. But on the other hand, we realized because it's something that will be so legendary and something that people are gonna, a lot of people are going to see, because this is something that has never been seen before, nothing, something that hasn't been fathomed before ever. So we knew that we had an achrayas because of that with all these people that are potentially going to see this and hear this. And so 
we said, you know, maybe we should, we should do something that's, that's going to be meaningful and leave an, you know, a lasting impact on these people that are going to be exposed to this, to this song. Um, and so we did go that route. We wanted to make a song that captured, the, to the best of our ability, with Hashem's help, obviously, the, the relationship between a Rebbe and a Talmud, both from the perspective of a Rebbe, of, to, have, to be a Rebbe and to have a Talmud, and from the perspective of a Talmud, to have a Rebbe and to be a Talmud. And obviously, with you know, with you could have pinched yourself and Svis and help, and ultimately with Hashem's help, we tried our best to really, really, even with the smallest attention to detail. I'll give an example. Uh, you know, Svi, I'm sure you remember when we sent Svi Simchon the song for the first time, for him to be able to you know listen to it and try to come up with a vision for how the music video might look. So Svi gets back to us and he says, you know, guys, this is this is really amazing. This is an unbelievable song. Wow. He says, there's only one problem. I said, what's the problem? He says, well, in the first verse, and we're going to watch it together, but in the first verse, you know, Binyamin, where you rap about needing a Rebbe and you're lost, and you know, you're rapping very fast. And it's a style of rap. There's nothing bad about it, but you're rapping very fast. Your flow is fast. You're not make, taking many breaks. And then when Rev Glantz comes on the song, and you know, on the second verse, and he's being reassuring, and he's being calming toward the Talmud, it's a more slow and methodical type of flow. And they don't really seem to mesh. This fast, fast flow and this slow, methodical flow, they're both nice in, in their own respective ways, but to mesh on the same song, is that really going to work? And it didn't take long for us to just make a switch, just a small shift of perspective that, you know, Hashem really orchestrated it. It, it's, it, it was all the more so. It, it was just so perfect because... In my first verse, and again, we're going to watch it together, but in my first verse where I talk about how I'm lost and I need a Rebbe and I'm, I don't know what to do and I'm feeling anxious, so it makes sense that my flow is fast and I'm, uh, I need to get a lot of my chest and I'm venting. And so you feel that. You almost feel it. And then when Rev Glanz comes on the song and he's more slow and methodical, it's because he's coming and he's reassuring the Talmud and he's, he's saying, I want to hear all the struggles you've been through. I want to hear, talk to me, talk to me. And he's reassuring and he's calming the Talmud down. So the flow makes sense for it to be slower and methodical. And then you'll see later in the song when Rev Glanz and I finally sit to schmooze and we're going back and forth. So then you'll see my flow goes from fast from the beginning of the song to now it's more in paint, you know, slower and, you know, not as slow as, as methodical, but it's we're on the same tempo, more or less. And we're able to have a, a nice conversation to be able to really schmooze once we sit down. So even just the smallest attention to detail, we really, really try with ourselves to to try to make this such a real experience. Um, the last thing I would say, if I had to if I have to, you know, to give a message is that in my song, you know, in this, in, sorry, in my verse, in the first verse, you'll see I quoted the first parak of Pirkei Elvis, Asei Lecharav, we've all heard, we all know it. But I'm reading it over and over, and it's only three words, Asei Lecharav, Asei Lecharav. But you'll notice, it doesn't, it doesn't say, the Mishnah doesn't say, you should have a Rav, right? You should, there shall be to you a Rav. It says, Asei Lecharav. You should make for yourself a rav. It's a lesson. I say, you have, it's active. You have to make for yourself a rav. And I know that, you know, I was in yeshiva for the past two years, the best years of my life. And I was zochet to have rabbeim all around me that, you know, would come and pat me on the back. And you see, I, you know, I talked about it. You know, they pat you on the back and they say, how are you doing? So they, and, you know, it's amazing. And they ask the schmooze and... But you have to come to a realization that there's going to be a point in your life where you're not going to be in an environment any longer where there are rebbeim all around you coming and patting you on the back. And finally, you know, suddenly you find yourself sitting and you feel disconnected and you wonder why. 
and you realize that it's because a selich arav. You have to make for yourself a rebbe. You know, when you were in yeshiva, wherever you were, it was you just sat there, and the rebbe came to you. And obviously, the rebbe has an achrayz. But just from the perspective of a talmud, I realize a selich arav. You have to make for yourself a rav. You have to go ahead and do it. And I think if the mission is telling you to do it, I think there's no way the mission would say it if it was impossible for someone to do. So everybody, if I had to give a message to everyone here in their own way, I think everybody here can have a rebbe. If they go ahead and make that effort, make for yourself a Rav, make for yourself a Rebbe, because most importantly, in order to connect to Hashem, like Rav Glanz explained, everybody needs a Rebbe. So thank you to everybody, and I'm very excited to share this experience with you all. All right. Um, once again, I just want to reiterate, you know, reiterate a bit of Akaras Atov to you know, really everyone to... Uh, you know, first to, uh, of course, you know, first and foremost, Kaddish Baruch from, you know, making this, you know, making this all happen. You know, a special thank you to, you know, Camp Lavi and to Mebaseret. Uh, you know, with, you know, without them, this entire thing would have not happened. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you, Rebbe. Thank you. And then, you know, thank you, everyone. This is, this is incredible. And uh, being here tonight with you guys, this is like a really full circle moment. And I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I, I just want to start by saying that, uh, so, you know, I'm, uh, for those who don't know, the mic was just passed. Uh, my name is Tzvi, I'm the director uh, and the cinematographer, and I also edited it, uh, the uh, music video, I Need a Rebbe. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it seldom happens that, uh, you know, that someone will, you know, come and, and you know, they'll have a song and they'll say, oh, I have a song, I want to make a music video. And, you know, when, when, uh, when Rav Glanz reached out to me, I didn't even, I, I thought it was like, uh, I thought it was Stam. I thought like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get Tzvi. Uh, I was in the middle of planning a wedding. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it was a crazy time. And uh, Rav Glantz said, uh, you know, Tzvi, like, you know, we have this song. You know, in the sense to me, it was incredible, an incredible, incredible song. Uh, without the video, it's an incredible song. And they said, you know, you know we want to fly you over. We'll, you, know, you, know, you know, get over and we'll make a music video. And it's going to be big. And uh, I was just, I, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, until we landed, I still couldn't believe it. Um, I, uh, I, orig- I initially produced the, pre- you know, the, um, uh, you know, a previous Purim, uh, the, uh, I, uh, my name is Rebbe Glanz 2.0, and that was, that was a major success, and this also, this just, you know, the, you know, the viewership went through the roof, I think we just passed, surpassed 30,000, 32,000 views on the, on, on the, on the channel, and, um, Baruch Hashem, just like, from start to finish, it was just an incredible piece of work, and, uh, I'm, I'm so happy to have been a part of it. Uh, I was I was I was asked to you know give a little insight on you know you know some of the scene choices and uh, you know I, I understand we're going to watch the video all together soon, uh, but uh, you know typically uh, video and, and and audio are so importantly intertwined uh, and uh, it, it's hard to you know you know either, either you start with a video and you put music with it and, or you, you you take a song and you make a video for it. And it's, it's, it's hard to portray what the video, you know, what the video is saying with the song or what the song is saying with the video. Uh, but they're so important. Like in my own, you know, my own work, I always make sure that music is an important, important component. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was I, I, had, I wanted to make sure that the song was being portrayed properly and that the story and the, and the dialogue and the back and forth between the Rebbe and the Talmud was was portrayed appropriately and portrayed 
you know, accurately as well. So, you know, in the beginning, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, Binyamin or Orntati, you know, he's, you know, he starts off and he's in a, you know, a dimly lit parking lot, you know, and all, by the way, all these scenes were, uh, you know, we filmed all these scenes, uh, most of it, I think we did one day uh, in the yeshiva in Mivaseret, we filmed a lot in the building and there's, it happens to be an interesting location, so we uh, utilized a lot of the space there. Uh, the other day we filmed in Yerushalayim, in the uh, Gan Saker and, and some, and some uh, streets around. But uh, I wanted to make sure that, uh, that you know, when, when he's starting off and he's coming from a low place, he's coming, I mean, Mamakim, he's coming from a very low place. And I wanted to portray that. He's an, you know, we filmed it at night. We filmed it, you know, it was a dimly lit. And uh, Yehuda, Yehuda's part, you know, he starts singing and, you know, he's, uh, you know, his, his hyper, you know, oh, I've been fighting these walls on, you know, on my own. And he's also coming from a dark place, you know, a deep dark place, uh, which I'm sure many of the viewers can relate to. And, you know, that just probably attributes to the success of the song. And, you know, we, we, we filmed that in a, you know, there's like an old back room with, you know, some, <laughs> like the, uh, I think there was like, um, there was like a, a window that was blocked off by some like like plywood, and it looked like a shed, and it, it looked like really uh, interesting. And as the song progresses, we see um, you know more you know we see more light coming in, and we and we see you know Ruby Glance is coming in from uh, you know from from a place of light, and we end off on a roof you know signifying you know a, a place of you know a, a heightened stat you know heightened place, um, and, uh, and Lamaisa that's 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 the goal of of, of the Rebbe. Um, so, um, you know, that's, uh, just to give a little bit of an insight as to, you know, what go, what went into the production and, um, but, uh, just to, I just want to end off with this, that, uh, um, I, I've, you know, Baruch Hashem, you know, I, I, I do, I've, I've had this close to, you know, produce a lot of videos, you know, you know, uh, recently. And what I notice is that the videos that I find are more pure intent, you know, the, the, the intentions of the video are more pure. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, spreading awareness for something, you know, or, you know, something like, you know, something that is more pure and, uh, and, 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 and emistic, that the production itself goes much more smooth. And, you know, for those who are in video production or any production, know that a million different things can go wrong between the equipment, between the timing, the scheduling, you know, practically, there's, you know, a million and a half things can go wrong. And what, but what I found in this project is that from start to finish, the, it, it was very smooth sailing. You know, the, the edit came out, you know, amazingly. I, I, fun fact, I, I finished the last edit while planning for my Ufra. <laughs> like, it was, that was, uh, that was, no, day before the wedding, yeah. Before, it was after your Ufra. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah, it was, it was after my Ufra, right, correct. It was the night before the wedding. Um, but, but like, alt, and, and like, but that even, you know, all the planning, and like, for the Ufruf itself, and like, everything just, like, it fell through. Like, it's just, like, as if it had to work. And it did work, and we're, we're you know, I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of this, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, it um, has, has achieved what it has achieved, and uh, the impact that it's had on Klal Yisrael generally, and specific, you know, on, on, in a general way, and in a specific way on individuals, and, uh, you know, you know. Baruch Hashem, this is uh, this is amazing. So thank you, everyone.
So for the, for the past few years, in the past few years of a few chavra, we've had a weekly, we've had a weekly chabura. We take a song, something current, and we, we look into the song a little bit deeper. We listen to it, but we listen deep. We get the lyrics usually, we read it. I feel that the musical artists, as you see, they mean a lot more than a simple listening. You have to really listen deeply to understand what they're saying. And I feel that since they're musical artists, it's Kedai to pay attention to what they're saying. So we listen to a song, and then with a lot of siyat deshmaya, we, we speak about it in a Torah way, with some amkus, with some, some depth. We try to call it a simple depth, but it's deep, deeper. And then afterwards, we like to listen to the song again. Usually the lights are off. And we see if we can, if we can hear a little bit differently than we heard the first time. And I've been zochet to speak to some of the artists that you listened to before, whether it's Zusha, Yisim Black. And I, I enjoy, I enjoy when I look at a song... And I try to understand the song, what, what I'm hearing from what they're saying. And then afterwards to hear what they meant. And then to see if it matches up. So I will tell you that basically what I'm going to do now is only explain what Big Lance was saying. I'm not going to be saying too much more. I'll, I'll say some fancy things here and there. But I, I think, Baruch Hashem, you're, you're, what you wanted, at least I heard... And I'm sure other people heard. And it's the Toels. When I heard this song, it, it, it blew me away. I'm here today because I have a Rebbe. I mean actually to here today because I have a Rebbe. Not just my, my life. I spoke to my Rebbe before I came here. So let's speak for a few minutes. I'll try to be brief. So Kodesh Baruch Hu, when he created the world, he created systems that the world works with. And one of the systems, one of the systems is the system of relationships. If I would tell you, if I would give you, I'm going to give you a few, it's like, a, it's like an SATs. What's the common factor here? A hammer and a nail, sun and the moon, fire and a piece of meat, as you just ate and I can still smell it, parents and kids, we'll say counselors and campers, and friends. What's the comparison between all these? So say, oh, the, what's the sun and the moon? What's the, what's the hammer? So the, so the system is called a mashpia and a makaba. You have a mashpia who acts upon something and a makaba who receives that act. A hammer simply bangs the nail. We take it very for granted. A hammer bangs the nail, but a kodesh will created a system that the hammer is the mashpia and the nail is the makaba. The sun is the mashpia. The moon only has light, we know. Because the sun gives it light. It's, the sun is the mashpia, and the moon is the makabu. A parent and a child is one of the greatest of these relationships. The parents are mashpia, and the children are makabu. And sometimes you can have a child being mashpia and a makabu, on a parent. And when it comes to a, a hammer and a nail, when it comes to the sun and the moon, when it comes to a piece of a fire that cooks a piece of meat, it's very simple. Nobody asks the nail, do you want to get smacked on the head? 
Nobody asks the, the piece of meat. You want to get burned a little bit and some charcoal lines on you. Nobody asks. They're inanimate objects. We understand. But when it comes to a human being, when you're trying to be mashpir, when you're counselors, when you're staff, when you're a parent, when you're a rebbe, even when you're a friend, to try to be mashpir onto somebody else, another human being, it's not so simple. Because the makabla has an opinion. A nail does not have an opinion. But a human being has an opinion. A human being has bechira. He can choose to resist the hashba. Being a makabel, someone who's receiving, it means you're allowing something inside of you. Right? What's the concept of influence? To be influenced. It comes from the word inflow. Influence. There's inflows that are coming in us all the time. We don't even know how much is going on. That's not the time now. But being makabel means to allow something in and therefore I want to choose. Do I want this or do I not want this? To have a kli, a vessel, a cup, it's a makabel. This cup is makabel the water. But the only way that you could be makabel this water is if it has something called a base kibble, a receptacle. There's depth to it. There's amkas to it. If it would be a flat board and I pour water and it would just go right out. If I want to be able to drink a cup of water, I'm going to do. It needs to have, again, this depth, this base kibble. So when it comes to a human being, when it comes to somebody you want to be mashpi on, again, you're a rebbe, you're a parent, you're a teacher, you're a counselor, you're a staff, whatever you are, you want to be, mash, you want to be mashpia on these people. How do you make the makablam, makablam? What does a makabal have to have? What is it that makes a human being someone who's ready to accept? What, do you need to, what does he need to get to? <coughs> when a person says, I want or I need. Right? If I would say, I want to hear what you have to say, or I need to hear what you have to say, now I'm open. I'm an open clee. I've created a receptacle that now can allow something in. Sometimes, parenthetically, you can be a receptacle, but there could be a stopper on the bottle. Or, this is also for those who are in mashpian positions, is that if you have a receptacle that's like this cup, and I'm trying to pour an entire barrel of water into this cup, at one time, it's going to be a problem. Because you need to have that relationship. You need to have that which is being mashpia now, which is makabil, line up. So when you get somebody, when a person, a makabil says, I want or I need, I'm missing something, I have a hole in me that I want to fill, now I may look to find asay l'charaf, like Binyam is saying. Now you're going to go find and look for that which can fill you up. But again, it's only if you realize you're missing something. If you want, if you need. So now you have a makabal who's ready to receive. So he goes to look for the mashpir. He goes to look for the rebbe. But it's not so simple. Because not every mashpir is a mashpir. What's, what is, what's the, the inner characteristics that a mashpir needs to have 
that he can be mashpia on this makabel, that a makabel will receive, will be influenced. So if the mashpia wants to transfer something over, he has to be able to create a safe place for the makabel to open up. You, the mashpia needs the makabel. Mashpia needs a makabal to open. As we said, a human being, a makabal, can say, I don't want to hear. So how do you allow, how does a mashpia come and get this makabal to open up? You create a safe place for him. A place of caring, a place of love, that he feels that he can open up. Again, open up, become a keli. If you are willing to listen, then they'll talk. Binyamin says in the song, towards the end, had so much to share, but people couldn't wait until I finished. They weren't listening. They were just waiting till he was finished. They were not open to that. And once, the, once you have the makabal set, I want to receive, and you have the mashpia showing I love you, first off, I want to hear all the struggles that you've been through. I want to hear. I care about you. When that relationship, now the mashpia is ready, the makabal is open, now the mashpia can drop some chizik. Because the first step is not to then tell the makabal everything you did wrong. Because because the makabal is coming, he says, I've done so many things wrong. I've been fighting these wars, I've been failing. He's coming because he's broken, He he has problems. So now he finally comes to the Rebbe, and he trusts the Rebbe, and the Rebbe always opens up and says, yeah, you are a loser, What's wrong with you? Don't you know it's against halacha? Why can't you wake up for davening? You just destroyed the entire relationship. You just destroyed that, that, create, that safe space. That doesn't make any sense. So of course the first thing is, it has to be a chizik. I'm ready to listen. Because it wasn't in vain, but meant to attain the power deep within you. All these struggles that you went through, it's not, you're, not, you're not a bad person. You're a good guy. And I'm going to help you get there. We have to get a little bit deeper. We have to understand more. And a parent could do that also. What, what's with the Rebbe? What's with the Rebbe? So we all have needs. You, you're born. You need food. You need clothing. You need shelter. You need mommy, right? Physical needs. As you go a little bit older, five, four, five, six, seven... You, need, you have emotional needs, you need connection, you need friends, you need companionship. You need to feel that you belong. You get a little bit older, ninth, tenth grade, 11th grade. Now, you have, now your mind is a little bit more advanced. There's a big world out there, it's not so clear. You need a guide, you need someone to guide you. Someone who understands you, someone who could validate you. As we grow, the keli grows, the vessel grows, and you need new mashpiyan, whether it was mommy, then maybe it was some friends, right? Friends can do what mommy can't always do. But mommy does what kids can't do. And then sometimes you need a guide to help you what your friends couldn't guide you with because they didn't know. But sometimes your friends could do what the, the guide can. We all have different needs and we need to constantly be getting from everybody. So now once the mashpiyan he opens up the keli and he tells him it's okay. You can open up. 
Your struggles weren't in vain. So now we can go to the, the last step. A Rebbe like you to help me find which way to go. That was like one of the end lines of the whole song. I found that to be, that was the culmination. He's ready not only to tell over his failings, not only to just need companionship from somebody, but he's ready to be guided, which is not simple. Everybody, every human being wants their own say. But a Makabal knows that he needs a mashfir, and he's ready to be guided. And then the Rebbe says, the only job I try to do is to unleash the force inside of you. A real Rebbe, like we heard from Rebbe Glantz, exactly what I was, had already prepared, and I never spoke to Rebbe Glantz before, because I've never met him, is that a Rebbe doesn't tell you what to do, unless you absolutely ask him, but he tries to guide you to you. That's the fourth level. The fourth level is not physical, that's good. And then you have the emotional, the intellectual, but to guide you to your purpose. A purpose in life is something that is not always found. People are running around doing a lot of things in life, but they've never actually found the purpose. They're doing 8,000 things, but nothing. There's nothing that aligns them. Show me the way back home. Which way to go? What's the derech? So where are we going? What's the purpose? Is he, he's telling me what kind of job I should get? That's what the Rebbe's teaching me? He's my, he's my guidance counselor? You'd be a good lawyer. I think your talents would get you to be a good accountant. We have guidance counselors for that. Again, what's the Rebbe doing? What is it? So let's finish off here. What's the ultimate purpose? Why are we here? Kaddish created a world. You know why he created the world? For us, for Klal Yisrael. Sitting right here. He wanted us to build the Mishkan and the Beis Amikdash. He wanted to dwell within us, amongst us. Because the first relationship that was ever created of Mashpia Mechabel was a Kaddish Baruch and Klal Yisrael. He created the world for us. The tachas of creation, Bereshis Barlukim, Bereshis Bishvil Reishis, Bishvil Klal Yisrael. He wants to be Mashpianos. And we're Makabu. The goal of the Rebbe is to get us back to that ultimate purpose to be a Makabu from a Kaddish Baruch. It could be in the song you didn't hear that, but that's why you have to listen deeper, because that's everything the song is talking about. What, what's he failing about? What are, these, what are these wars he's fighting? What's he falling? What is that? He's falling with his friends. He's not, he, he's, his friends are making fun of him and that's what he needs. It's a connection to Kaddish Baruch Hu. He feels that he needs help with that. Because the connection to Kaddish Baruch Hu is so hard. The most important mitzvah in the Torah, according to the Sarmak Doshan, the most important mitzvah, Kol Torah Kula, everything's surrounded by this mitzvah. So the Svarim Kedoshim, Ubo Sidbuk. Ubo Sidbuk is to be dovuk, to cleave, to attach yourself to Kaddish Baruch Says the Gemara, how do you do that? How's that Shaykh? Kaddish Baruch I'm human, I don't, I don't see him. He's an Eish Ochla, Kaddish Baruch is an all-encompassing, consuming fire. How can you connect? You know what the Gemara answers? Unbelievable Gemara. The Gemara 
as Rick Lance alluded to, Ubo Sidbok to cleave, says the Gemara, cleave to a Rebbe, cleave to a Talmud Chacham. Why? Because, because it's too hard for a Kaddish Baruch, so we just give up. And so we get second fiddle, we get the Rebbe. That's not what the Gemara means. The Gemara means because through a Rebbe, who himself, he got it from his Rebbe, as he says, just like my Rebbe helped me out with all the things I'd been through. There's a Masoro. Rebbe from Rebbe from Rebbe from Rebbe from Rebbe up to Moshe Rabbeinu. The goal of a Rebbe is to connect you to a Kaddish Baruch. We don't know how to do that. We need a Rebbe to guide us. There. And that Rebbe needed his Rebbe to guide him. Because it's something that needs a connection. And if you learn how to connect to a Rebbe, a loving Rebbe, who is ready to listen to you, he loves you, he cares about you, he's ready to sit for hours. He means it. He's ready to sit for hours if that's what you need. I'm just quoting all the lyrics. And you open up to him, you should just know that a Kaddish Baruch is a Rebbe also. And a Kaddish Baruch is also ready to listen for hours. If you're ready to open up to him, a Kaddish Baruch will listen to everything you have to say. And even more. But you need a Rebbe to guide you. You need a Rebbe to model that. We should all be Zohar to daven for a Rebbe. A daven for years. It's not simple. And you have to wait, and you have to seek, and you have to look. It's not so simple in Shana Aleph, you know, you, you find two rappers together. It's zchus. It's like marrying the first girl you date, you know? <laughs> Which I did, so anyway. <laughs> oh, good. Anybody else? <laughs> and I want to end off like this. I always like to connect the song, the Torah to this man. What man are we about to hit? El Yom Narayim. You hear those words, you're like, oh my gosh. Right out of camp, it's like we're in El, it's Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, it's like, get me to Sukkot already. If I could just get to Sukkot, I'll be okay. Because for many people, and myself included, for many, 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 many years, you hear El Yom Naram, you have this pit in your stomach, and you might actually be feeling it right now as I said it. But my rabbi taught me that's not, that's not, that's not right. It's totally off. Because comes El, what is El? Everybody knows. El is Anila Dodi Vidodi Li. Somehow we forgot about that. Anila Dodi, I'm to my beloved, my beloved is to me. How do we forget about that? That means there's a love relationship. There's a mashpia relationship. There's a connection, an attachment between us and the Kaddish Baruch. If you're willing to connect, don't be scared. There's a lot of Rabbanim you've met in your lives that you've been scared of. Because unfortunately, they don't know how to relate to people maybe in, in the way that a Rebbe here knows how to relate. And they, they have their job and they have their avod and they teach you what they teach you. But once you learn what a Rebbe is, a loving relationship, a hava, you have to know and you have to believe and you have to try that just like you thought a Kaddish Baruch was that rabbi who was scary with halacha and gehenim and fire and brimstone, that's bechlal not the point. It never was. It's a love that a Kaddish Baruch has for us. Why are you alive today? Why are you breathing? Why do you have what you have? Why are you here? What, what is that? We all speak, Kaddish Baruch, Kaddish Baruch. No, but it is. It really, really is. And when you come to that, and you believe that, and you think about it, and you turn to Him, not just during Shachas and Chamara, that also. But during the day, and you just say, wow, 
Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. I could breathe. Neshama, Neshima, breath, Neshama. Call Neshima, Neshima, Talaka. If you can do that, then you can feel the Anila Dodi, Vidodi Li. You can feel the love that there is between us and the Kaddish Baruch Hu. You can come to Rosh Hashanah and not be scared. You can be confident that the Tati, or the, I'm sorry, the, the, the Melech, the Melech, right? Malkeinu, scary, Nusanatokif. It's really Avinu Malkeinu. We should be so all of us to find a Rebbe, to find friends also, to find anybody that can be Mashpia on each other, to find the Kaddish Baruch Hu to connect, to come together and camp to listen to this beautiful music, to be inspired, to be inspired, inspire each other, and ultimately, ultimately, to be davik to Kaddish Baruch. Getting all upset by looking into 